Welcome back into our leadership podcast. It's brought to us by our friends at the executive programs within the Neely School of Business at TCU. You can find them online at neely.tcu.edu forward slash EMBA. I'm Brian Estridge, and we are excited to have Reagan Peebley, the head women's basketball coach here at TCU, mm-hmm. join us. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited for this. This this, this has been a great series. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if it's great for anyone. It's great for me. I'm, I've learned a lot. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to diving right in with you into a word that um, I don't know that we use enough in society anymore, and, and that is perseverance. You know, it, it, it feels like, Reagan, that this society has become more of the easy way out. Mm-hmm. Am I off base in thinking that, you think? Well, I think everything depends on your perspective and the lens in which you're seeing something. And it is, uh, I think, circumstantial from one situation to the next. And, um, you know, I've been, as I got invited and I got told, that, shared that this yeah. is going to be the word, um, I've really just kind of kept it in the back of my head and uh, been keeping my ears open and my heart open and my mind open to really how has this word perseverance impacted uh, my growth as a leader and then watching the growth of other leaders around me and uh, mentors that I've had. And uh, one of the things I was thinking about to your question is I think a lot of times this, whether you call it the X generation, the Y generation, Mm. the millennials, you know, all of these different generations. um, One of the things and the criticisms I've heard of them is they don't have a lot of grit. That's Mm. another word I'll Mm -hmm. probably use more than perseverance. And um, again, I think I would disagree with it. My experience with these 18 to 22 year olds that we're coaching Mm -hmm. right now Um, And then I have on my staff people that are on the like beginning cusp of that millennial generation is that they're extremely gritty. They have an ability um, to they've gone a a lot of these uh, youth. They've gone through a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, We have, you know, I don't want to get political, but we have, you know, a very few people in society that come from great wealth and a lot of people that don't come from any wealth at all. They come from very low socioeconomic situations, maybe school districts that aren't very well funded. And I see how they have continued to persevere in leading themselves. Um, divorce rates oh. up near 55, sure. 60%. Yeah, off the chart. And uh, that takes some grit, I think, as a young person to get through. Um, being able to quickly adapt um, from going from one person's home to the next person's mm-hmm. home within a few days and doing that on a regular basis. Um, so I, I find this generation actually pretty gritty. I, I see it too. We see it at TCU where they go from their high schools to an elite institution like TCU and they adapt and pretty quickly. Yeah. And they adapt, and I think you have to use the word adapt Mm -hmm. when you talk about grit a lot be um in learning how one professor to the next is going to assess you right um how in high school you an a might have looked like this and how you got that a Mm -hmm. but here at tcu that same kind of effort or lack of is going to get you maybe a d or an f right so how to adjust and adapt into those situations so um it it 
I see it still. I think there are times where you could take a perspective and say, man, we're really missing it a lot in our leaders Mm and um, in our groups and organizations. But I tend to look optimistically at it and think that we've got a lot of it um, and that we can start to really rely on. But we just have to see their definition of it as well. I'm glad you brought up the word adapt, because if you think about what this generation has to go through Mm -hmm. or has gone through in the last, oh, say decade, decade and a half, the explosion of social media has really kind of changed everything. It's it's changed how they handle problems. It's changed how they uh, talk to one another. Um, And and it's changed our level of expectation about them, too. I mean, it's they've had to adapt to that. You know, we've had to adapt, but they've kind of more than all of us because it is the center of their lives. Well, I've had to adapt to how I do my job when it comes to social media. It used to um, not be at all. I remember when I first started a Twitter account, I was the very first coach um, or administrator at Utah State who had a Twitter account. And they all looked at you like, what? They did. They really looked at me like, this is weird. (laughs) What are you doing? And then it exploded fast. Um, But I think when it comes to grit and perseverance and the ability to adapt, you have to, um, and this is social media is a, an influencer on this, you have to know your worth. Yeah. You have to have an identity in who you are. And it needs to be very value-based and foundationally strong. Yes. And if it's not, as soon as you get on that timeline of yours in social media, you can, um, you can react. Mm. And those reactions can, man, they can really test your endurance. They can test your adaptability. They can test your um, confidence. And therefore, those things are going to challenge your ability to show that grit. I'm going to read a quote to you. This is from a guy named George Horace Lorimer. And he said this, you've got to get up every morning with determination if you're going to go to bed with satisfaction. Hmm. And I thought that kind of summed up a day. You got to get up every day determined to see it through in order for you to lie your head on the pillow at night thinking it was a good day. Don't yeah, you think? Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm thinking of all those sleepless nights. Yes. That I've had. And I'll tell you it's probably the last 7 years I'd say that I've actually been able to sleep better hmm. as a parent and as a coach as a head coach, um, those first, uh, that first half of my career, I didn't sleep very well. Right. And I think when I started to be able to sleep better and that was satisfaction was the word, right? right? Um, it was because I developed a more internal, true definition of what success was going to be for me. When I didn't have that true, firm definition of how I was going to define success, mm-hmm. I often was going, laying there in my bed or waking up in the middle of the night so worried about what other people thought. Instead of really being at peace with my own definition of success and if I was hitting the nail on the head. And when you sleep better, you are going to wake up with more of a sense of determination to get after it and keep grinding at that definition of success. Did you have to, at some point, change your belief, and I think we all go through mm-hmm. this, that life is easy? And I don't mean that life has to be hard or difficult, but you have to work at it. Yeah. I mean, you have to persevere. I mean, did you have to, I mean, is there a point where you go, you know what, I can't just expect this. I got to yeah. work at this. 
Yeah. I, that definitely was taught by my parents yeah. and modeled by them and every coach I ever had. I was so fortunate. I think back of my, the, my coaches, they were all hard workers. Right. I was always prepared Set as a example. member of their team. Yeah. yeah. And I worked for hardworking coaches that believed in preparation. Um, and, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, if it's, it's not cliche, it's so true that if it's going to be worth it, it's going to be hard. And you've got to prepare your mindset for it, your body for it, for that hard work and the long marathon of a race. It's interesting you bring that up that you had to change what satisfaction was or mm-hmm. what success is. Is, it, is success a destination? Meaning, I wonder if it's always a moving target and if it shouldn't be a moving target. Well, I don't want to answer your question with a question, but I'm going to. Yeah. I think it depends on your definition of success. Yeah. Um, you know, if your definition of success is this one end result, then you're going to hit that or you're going to fail. And so then you're going to reset a new goal. Um, I kind of, this is maybe, uh, different, but I, when I started sleeping better, (laughs) I also, I defined success for me and I got rid of goals. Really? I became more focused on values and serving because those were part of my definition of success. So, and so, so no it longer, never ends. So no longer is in your mind. I'm going to let's talk from a coaching perspective. Yeah. So at the beginning of the year, Reagan Peebley doesn't sit down and go, I want to win 25 games. Nope. Now you'd like to win 25 games. Yep. But that's not Mm-mm. that's not in your. Nope. Thinking. I have a vision of, you know, what our team can be. Mm hmm. Um, I'm not going to limit it. I'm not going to limit my team based on my vision, but I have a vision of what we can do. And, but my definition of success does not have to do with wins and losses. My definition of success is truly helping and serving and guiding the people that are around me, Mm -hmm. our players, our staff, and helping them with those questions we all have to answer at some point. Who am I? What's my purpose on Mm -hmm. life? What does it mean to be my best self? Those type of questions, those are big questions for an 18 to 22-year-old. They're a big question for a 43-year-old. And um, I want to make sure that I am intentionally serving them every step of the way and using this game, using our program, using TCU to help them find those answers. Now, that sounds soft and cushiony. Mm. It's not. <laughs> and when we truly use the game to do that, there's moments of adversity that we come across that we control and we don't control. I'll intentionally put them in moments of adversity. Um, and then just through the maturation process, coming in as a freshman, there's so much adversity that those freshmen go through. Mm. So much. Very similar to there's a lot of fresh or adversity that as soon as that last whistle blows for your seniors, that they're getting to be ready to face. And I just want to prepare us so much for that and guide them through that and make sure that they're ready to um, break through, to show that grit and that perseverance. And they have the tools to be able to bust through that. And I think answers to that question, those questions Mm -hmm. um, help you do that. Seven years ago. Is that what you said? Yeah. Personal question. Mm Mm-hmm. 
what happened seven years ago and was it related to your faith? Yeah. Um, you know, it was probably actually, if I think about it, probably about eight years ago okay. that it started eight, nine years ago that it started, okay. that it like my heart started being really open and my mind started paying attention to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll tell you, it was cause I almost got fired hmm. and I knew I was going into a last year on a contract. Um, it was at Utah state and we, you know, I was hired there to build the program and right. we were building and we were building and it takes a lot of time to do sure. it right. But um, we had gone through five ADs in my time there. It was a lot of turnover. And every day AD came in and had different definitions of success, different ideas of what they wanted women's basketball to be. And I kept adapting constantly to mm-hmm. that person's um, definition. And it, I was wearing myself out and I was not, a, I don't think I was a great coach at that point um, or a great leader. I don't think I was my best self then. So Going into that last year of the contract, I'm like, okay, at the end of this year, whether I get renewed or not, what do I want to feel about my last year here? Right. And I just started getting real with myself on some things. And there was a really good book, a great book. I recommend it to everybody by Joe Ehrman, who's NFL retired um, player and and coach. Um, And it's Inside Out Coaching. And it talks about the differences between transactional and transformational coaching. And, you know, I just decided that I had been, I was, was prior a transactional coach. And that's not what my heart is. And that's not, I think, what God intended me to do with this profession. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I had to really dive deep and make changes and grow and be vulnerable all the time to become more of a transformational coach. And I'm still in that process. Um, Definitely. Well, it sounds like then, okay, so you're, you're facing adversity, mm-hmm. the potential of being fired. It sounds to me like that is the perfect example of perseverance in that you're not going to accept that. Mm-hmm. And you, you did something about it. You adapted, you changed, whatever it took, but you weren't going to accept getting fired. Mm-hmm. You persevered through it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why. Well, I chose not to focus on it. Yeah. But you, you were, but you yeah. weren't going to accept it either, were you? You weren't going to accept failure. You, you didn't no, want to fail. No, no. But again, I changed what my definition of success was going to mm-hmm. be. I hate to come, keep coming no, back no, no. to this, but I, the failure, you know, was not going to be fired. That wasn't going to be what made me feel like a failure because I got fired. What was what became prior to me having this shift yeah. in a mindset and a heart set was that would have been a failure. The real failure would have been that I didn't truly serve these women in everything that they needed yeah. from me. That was on the court, off the court, in their maturation, in their growth, in the discovering of those questions that we talked about. Who am I? What is my purpose here? Um, how do I get there? Where are my talents and my strengths? And what's going to, what, how to use this game to help me become my best self? And had I not been successful at that, that would have been failure. There's a, a column that I ran across uh, from the uh, Profit Management Solutions. It's just a company out there mm-hmm. that helps businesses. And one of the things that one of their coaches talked about, they, they changed the word leaders to accomplishers. Hmm. Okay. And listen to this line yeah. uh, where she writes, successful accomplishers are always chasing something greater than goals. 
greater than goals. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's what you're about. doing. Yeah. yeah. And so what she says is leaders don't just tell you or show you. They assist you and you all accomplish and then everyone becomes accomplishers. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and listen to this <laughs> yes, <laughs> just so that. I can make but sure the, I can get yeah, that but quote. The, but an accomplisher, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a different way to look at it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. And mm-hmm. it does feel – when sometimes when we hear leader, yeah, uh, we – that doesn't fe- that doesn't always feel communal. That doesn't always feel like everyone's in the you know we're all singing out of the same hymnal mm-hmm. as Danny Morrison used to say. It, 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 that almost felt like you were just kind of follow me. But an accomplisher right. to accomplish something, you know, everyone's got to be involved. Yeah, and it feels like my role gets to be then more of. A cheerleader. Yes. <laughs> you know, because yes. you get to see people accomplish and catching them doing it right. Um, you know, and I think when you when you take the goals out of it, you then start to focus more on your process. Mm-hmm. And you focus more. And, and everything for me comes back to a faith filter. Right. And God. And I think about that's what being a Christian is. He took, God took care of the end result the yes. goal that right. we have through his son on the cross right. and that death so that we can focus on the process mm-hmm. and we don't have to get distracted with that end result. It's taken care of. We can focus on today and I can focus on the things truly that I can control. And, you know, I think about that with my teams. I remember going through this with uh, my very first team here at TCU and we had great players on the floor and Chelsea Prince, who is the Big 12 Defensive Player right. of the Year, and Zaina, who you know owns the scoring record yes. here at TCU. I mean, we had Nooney. We had some great players on that team, and they were there were a lot of seniors who had that sense of urgency and wanted to have this great level of success. And what was special about that group is they bought into a concept that we've been able to continue to pass on to our teams is that we're not going to allow something that we really can't control to dictate whether we feel good about this season or not, whether it was a success or not. And, for example, if you have a team that has poor leadership Mm -hmm. in that locker room whose commitment is conditional Mm -hmm. upon things, Mm -hmm. whether, you know, examples, I'm going to work hard if I start. Sure. I'm going to work hard as long as I get X amount of shot attempts. If we're winning, I'm in. Yeah. (laughs) As long as I slept well last night. Yeah. Okay. If you have a team that isn't uh, really invested, they don't have great relationships with each other. They don't, um, you know, value the experience of being here at TCU and give back. If they're not really tough, they're not consistent. Let's say you have a team like that, but you're really talented, Mm -hmm. and you go last. It's a Big Twelve championship game. uh, Breakaway layup. You're you're that team, and you go up for a layup, and uh, you make the layup and that's the game winner. Does that feel like you've had a successful team? I wouldn't feel that way. Right. Because those things that I listed before, no. Yeah. Now, conversely, let's say that you have a team that's so bought in, growth mindset is there, they're unconditional in their commitment to each other, they are selfless, their mm-hmm. egos are out the door, they're not putting that first and foremost, they've grown um, as players, as women, as leaders, all of those things. And 
you're that team who uh, last second has a layup and somebody comes to try and block it, a foul, they foul you, but nothing's called. Yeah. And so now you don't win. Right. Or is your team a failure? No. No. Not at all. So I agree. And so it's trying to get them to truly focus on those things that are going to help them the rest of their life and not just that last second layup. Reagan Peebley's with us right now, the head women's basketball coach here at TCU. It's our leadership podcast. It's brought to us by our friends at the Neely School of Business and their executive programs online, neely.tcu.edu forward slash EMBA. You use the the word process. Um, I want to ask you if a word is interchangeable with that. Okay. Vision. Are vision and process yeah. the same? Man, that's so good. I was, you know, um, Tony Dungy. Yes. Just, uh, um, he has a, a concept in his book where he just talks about the challenge, um, the conflict that sometimes happens when you have this vision, which is so necessary, mm-hmm. um, but you become so caught up in the vision that you don't take care of the now. You don't take care of, you don't even get to work. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. don't get to the me- immediacy of what today means to that final vision. Right. Um, you can, and it doesn't mean you're not like great at this concept. You don't have a great vision. You can have a perfect vision, but you got to get to work. Yeah. And um, I think that is so, so important. So that's, that's the where difference your between process. Because the process mm-hmm. leads to the vision. Correct. Yeah. And you have to be really good at being where your feet are while still taking a peek every once in a while. I remember I heard a lady speak who climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah. And she said, in the process of climbing M- Mount Kilimanjaro, the pros kept telling her, look straight or look up. Don't look down. That's life. Yeah. Right. She said, if you look down, you're going to get so overwhelmed with how far you've come right. and almost feel like, oh, look how far I've come. This is good enough. Just keep looking forward and up and right where you're at. But how do you display as a coach? I know I know I know the pressures that coaches mm-hmm. are on. I know the level of expectations that coaches have. How do you how do you display that patience mm-hmm. to okay. stay, as you say, where your feet are? Yeah. Well, I think being a parent, becoming a parent has yeah. helped patience. Yes, it does. Yeah, it really does. It wears on your patience. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I think knowing, again, building a, a program that's not so focused on an uncontrollable helps you be more patient. Being and working for people that are interested in having a value-based program mm-hmm. also helps you stay patient. Um that's huge. I, I mean, that can't be understated who you work for and what the importance that they put on or the similarities you have in that definition of success is huge. Um, and again, I think knowing your identity, knowing who you are and staying true to that and always rooting back to that. And I'll say the last thing, which is not the last thing. It's probably the very first thing mm-hmm. is as a leader, your job is to serve. Right. So my lack of impatience is not going to make those that I serve progress. Isn't that the opposite when you say that of what people think of leaders? When you say your job as a leader is to serve. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a misconception out there 
that it's the other way around, mm-hmm. that others serve the leader. Yeah. And maybe that's the def- d- the uh, definition or the difference between successful and unsuccessful leaders. Yeah. Maybe if you cut to the heart of a successful leader, you find someone who serves. Yeah. What's really special is when you have a whole group of people that are unconditionally committed yeah. to serving each other. And that is one of the essence of my why, is to help all of these women learn their strengths and learn their talents and their gifts in leadership, to mentor that growth. And so that means we have a lot of captains on our team. Hmm. Everybody's a captain. We don't really have captains on our team. We believe in a concept of horizontal leadership as opposed to vertical leadership. Everyone has an opportunity and a responsibility to lead. And leadership is not a title. We know that. Um, Leadership also, I think, is um, influence. And I think everybody on our team should have that ability to influence their teammates. Um, I just think, too, with a horizontal concept of leadership, it gives everybody investment in the direction of the program. And who doesn't want that? They're they're spending so much time. (laughs) Who doesn't want to be able to have that investment? And for that group to be successful, for that team to be successful, with that horizontal leadership, everyone has to show perseverance, don't they? Totally. It can't just be three of you. Nope. It can't just be you. It's got to be everyone Everybody. fighting through yeah. for the same. Yeah, I don't lead alone. Yeah. And that helps me not fatigue. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask, do you ever get tired? Not, not, sure. and, and, and I don't a mean, I don't mean yeah. physically mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, oh. mentally. I mean, yeah. do you ever say to yourself, because you, you know, as you, as you say, stay grounded in where your feet mm-hmm. are, but you're always trying to move things forward without, I, I wonder if you ever say to yourself, the, the perseverance is really hard. Yeah. So I physically get tired. Yeah. I work really hard at trying to stay in shape you know and but I also work really hard at this job I work really hard at home as a wife and a mother and and you're balanced I mean I'm really worked at and we've got a great leader in that and Jeremiah here Um, but I haven't fatigued on my why good I really haven't it gets challenged Mm -hmm. and there's moments that I have to just recenter and rebalance and re you know assess and look at that and um, How do you do that? How do you recenter? I self-evaluate a lot. Do you get away? Do you go? Oh, yeah. 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 I love to fish. Yeah. I love to be with my family. I love to go to my kids' games mm-hmm. and cheer them on. I love to read. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to cook. I love to do things that don't involve the game. Yeah. I love the game, but I also um, love a lot of other things. Good. Yeah. And that's like, that's your reset. Mm-hmm. That allows you to, and it, and it's good to have that check in life. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. that sometimes we become all encompassing in our work. Totally, and we, we can't we can't be that way. Yeah, you know I I remember one time early in my career as a head coach. So this is probably year two or something. Um, seeing a quote on uh, a computer, uh, an administrative assistant's computer, and it said, uh, um, "Don't mistake." your job for your life. Hmm. And I got into a conversation with her and I said, do you think that's just like dependent on your job? 
And she was like, no. Yeah. She's like, she was the head men's basketball coach's admin assistant. Right. And uh, she had it there intentionally for him to see it. Good. And it's such a great reminder. Like this job that I have is my passion. It's part of my purpose. It's what I do. And I'm lucky enough that I get paid for it. Right. Um, but there's other elements to my life, but I try to be very consistent of who I am in all of those elements and continuing to use that purpose in every area of my life. That's a good way to end it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could go on forever. Oh, I know. I, I love uh, these conversations. Because it, I do too, because, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about perseverance and, and, and the importance of it, but, you know, we, we were able to cover so many other yeah. things. I, I'm fascinated by the approach of no goals. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I might take you up on that. I might try that. Yeah. You know? Well, I've found it has helped in relationships with my own kids. Yeah. With my husband, with my players and my staff is to not be so focused on a goal. And not that the goals are awful. Right. But the, where the focus has to be is on the person and where they're at right now and how to serve them best in that moment. I like it. Reagan Peebley, the head women's basketball coach here at TCU. That's our leadership podcast for this this edition, brought to us by our friends at the Neely School of Business. The executive program's there online at neely.tcu.edu forward slash EMBA. The leadership podcast uh, is a production in conjunction with the Neely School of Business, TCU Athletics, and Learfield IMG College. I'm Brian Estridge. Until next time, here on the leadership podcast.